This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Eat Me, the brainiest zombie show on the web. My name is Chris Baker. I'm joined here by my two lovely co-hosts, Sam Napolitan. Hi there. And Katrina Tolak. Hello. Tonight, you're listening to the inaugural episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Eat Me, a program dedicated entirely to everyone's favorite post-apocalyptic TV series, The Walking Dead. We're going to be discussing the finer points in a show about undead monsters, Deep South survivors, and, of course, the end of the world. Each week, we'll be walking you through Sunday night's episode, taking a look at what's working and what isn't. We're going to be talking in-depth about each episode, which means there may be some spoilers in here. So, if you haven't seen the latest episode, you might want to watch it before you listen in. Also, we'll be talking just about the TV series here. If you haven't read the comic books, which we highly recommend you do, you won't be out of the loop. So, for tonight's show, we're dissecting the premiere episode of Season 2, which aired Sunday, October 16th at 9 o'clock on AMC. (laughs) But before we get into the, all the gory details, let's briefly recap how season one ended. Sam. Basically what happened is that the group left their camp to go to Atlanta to try to find the CDC. And when they get there, there's a scientist who has discovered that there's no known cure, allegedly, and that the generators in the CDC are about to blow everything up. So after some convincing of some minor characters, they all, well, not all of them, there's there's one character that dies, <laughs> um, but willingly though willingly willingly dies, um, but most of them get away unscathed and they get in their caravan and drive off down that highway. And that's where uh, Sunday night's episode starts off. The episode was titled "What Lies Ahead" and it was directed by Gwyneth Horter Payton. Katrina, you want to tell us a little bit about Sunday's episode? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the episode picks up right where season one left off. So our caravan of heroes runs into this roadblock on the highway on their way to Fort Benning. Why they want to go to Fort Benning, I don't remember, do you? They listened, they listened to a broadcast at the very beginning of the show saying that it was a, an emergency broadcast that they think came from Fort Benning, right. if right, I recall right, correctly. Right. Okay. So. so they're on their way to Fort Benning, <clears throat> and while scavenging for resources, this herd of walkers, which is what, that's their name for zombies, um, because every TV show has to have their special brand of zombie name, like unfriendlies or hostile skin bags. <laughs> These walkers stumble upon the group who hide under cars. Then later on, Sophia, Carol's little girl, is chased into the woods by some zombies and gets lost after Rick saves her. And by gets lost, she doesn't listen to Rick when he says, stay here, like most annoying children in zombie apocalypses. She's a total pain in the ass. (laughs) So the group spends the entire episode searching the woods for her. And after Rick asks God to give him a sign about what to do, his son gets shot. Yeah, it was... uh... It was a bummer, but, I mean, I thought it was the best part of the episode. It was a bummer? Are you kidding? That was awesome. <laughs> that was definitely the best part. It almost made it worth it. Yeah, so, I mean, let's talk about I Personally, yeah, let's I, talk about that. <laughs> I thought the episode was disappointing, to say the least. I think least. that's yes. the word. Yeah, Agreed. I mean, nothing, there was, a, there was a lot, a lot of time spent walking around the woods, looking for this little girl who you don't even really care about. Not I yet. mean, She's had, like, two lines in the mm-hmm. entire series so far. Yeah, and I mean... I, back in my mind, I'm saying leave her, go, or get bit by a zombie. Something needed to happen, but yeah, nothing really happened. Plus, it was a 90-minute episode, so they spent 
what, half an hour just like running through the woods calling, Sophia, Sophia. <laughs> it was a lot of, um, just a lot of unnecessary scenes. Um, didn't really seem to go anywhere. And it didn't really advance the plot anywhere, which is kind of what you want a premiere episode to do. Something, you're waiting for something big to happen. And it does in, I guess, the last five seconds when the kid gets shot. But other than that, you don't yeah. really learn anything new. <laughs> Not really. Not just shot, though. Shot through a deer, a moose, a deer. It was a deer. It was a deer. Yeah, we just see the bullet go through this beautiful deer with some beautiful antlers, and the kid's just staring at it, and then he gets shot. Yeah, what too. was the deal with that deer? Why wasn't it running away? I thought it was the sign from God. I thought that's what was happening. Uh, well, you see, all right, I thought the same thing, because right before this uh, kid gets shot, Rick goes in, and he kind of is coming unhinged, and he says, we need a sign. God, show me a sign. And he's kind of angry, yelling at Jesus, asking for a sign. And then his kid gets shot. So, yeah. is his kid getting shot, is that the sign from God? And if so, what does that sign mean? I don't even know if it's a holy sign. I think it's a post-apocalyptic world, and there is no God. All right, we're going that way. One school we'll of thought. talk about religion for a bit. There was a lot of prayer in this episode. There was. Probably two long scenes, one from Carol, yeah, and then one from Rick. Which is, this is his second monologue in that show, first of all. Because it started out with him just talking, you know, like a cowboy. <laughs> recapping the episode for everybody else, which I, that really annoyed me. Yeah, it was a little over the top. Saw what they were trying to do, but I, I can only listen to Rick talk in his fake Southern accent for so long. Right. Uh, wasn't really doing it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there's, I mean, there's a whole scene in the church. First of all, there's, there's zombie churchgoers. Loved that. <laughs> I loved it, but I didn't, why were the zombies, all the other zombies in the world seem to be out looking for people to eat. Why are these zombies sitting in a church looking at a fake Jesus? That, that sort of excited me, because what was bothering me throughout the episode was that the zombies didn't seem to have evolved at all. Like, we end with the CDC last season with some sort of sign that maybe they're firing synapses in their brains, maybe there's some activity there, mm -hmm. and the fact that they're just sitting there not looking for meat. That's kind of fascinating. That is. Um, I think also they just wanted to dress up a zombie preacher and a zombie with a veil. And, <laughs> you know. I think they were all sitting there because they were staring at a big crucifix with a Jesus on it. And as we all know, Jesus was the original zombie. <laughs> so I think they actually, there's a lot of religion in here. I think they were actually praying to Jesus, who's kind of like the god of zombies. Because he's the first <laughs> zombie, and they're praying to him. So maybe there's like this sub-religion within the zombies... Zombieism. Yes, they are Zombieism. worshiping the head zombie, who also happens to be the head of Christianity. It's really, really a lot of deep stuff here. That could be an entire show. That could Maybe be. next week. Zombieism. On that note, the herds thing kind of intrigued me. Now we have these herds of zombies grouped together. Like, why are zombies gathering together in that way? This kind of mimicking human behavior? Like, we don't want creatures. to be alone in this world. Let's, like, find other people that are like us and go accomplish our mission. They're, I mean, they are. They're, like, they're sticking together like normal humans do. I mean, why would a zombie otherwise stay with other zombies? They can smell blood. I mean, I think we've established that before. But are they smelling each other? Well, now, now that's the question, too. That was my, my big complaint with the show last night. And I actually, I tweeted this to AMC, and they addressed it. They asked Robert Kirkman this on the, um, <laughs> so following awesome. the show, there was a, a Talking Dead segment <laughs> where they interviewed, they sat with Pat and Oswald and answered some questions. So my question was, in the first season, there's an episode where in order to get away from the zombies, Rick, Glenn, and uh, a third character who, who I can't recall right now, uh, they cover themselves in zombie blood and zombie guts, and it's a really gross, disgusting scene, but they're convinced that if they cover themselves in this these intestines, 
that the zombies won't be able to smell them or sense them. And they don't. And they don't. That's right. They walk through a crowd of thousands of zombies and, and none stops, of the zombies su- suspect anything. Right. And it only stops working once it rains and washes them off. Exactly. Enter season two and now all of a sudden <laughs> you've got this horde of zombies coming at them and they just hide under cars and the zombies can't find them. So whereas beforehand the zombies could only identify the humans by smell, now they apparently can walk right by them, not smell anything, and they can only identify them by sight. Some continuity issues there, I think. I think so, too. Also, T-Dog, he got his arm sliced on, like, a, a car window or a piece yeah, of metal or something. Yeah, that was a bad sliced cut. <laughs> like, how could the zombies not smell? Flesh, flesh, fresh blood. <laughs> flesh blood. Flesh and blood gushing out of this guy's arm. I don't know. How did that guy live? That he should not have lived. But that brings up another point, because then we've got um, Daryl saves him. And if you remember in the first season... Daryl and T-Dog were more aligned. I mean, they hated each other. Yeah, because, they hated each other. Yeah, Daryl blamed. There, there was, exactly. Up. It's the South. I mean, mm-hmm. T-Dog, I mean, Daryl basically blamed T-Dog for his brother Merle getting left on the roof. And he hated him. Now, once again, enter season two, and T-Dog gets hurt, and Daryl's rushing to save him and help him out. I just... I'm a big fan of Daryl. He's really yeah. growing on me. <laughs> I like Daryl. He's one of my favorite characters. Just because he doesn't like, give a shit. He'll just go <laughs> do whatever he has to do, and it's awesome. Got a fucking crossbow, too. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Gotta have those melee weapons. Well, I guess that isn't a melee <laughs> weapon, but it's a pretty sweet one. But he, he does keep a knife in the butt. He pulls out a knife from the crossbow at some point. Yeah, he's going that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was got a spare gun to give people. Here, here I got a spare. <laughs> yeah. Oh, spare I got gun. another spare. <laughs> See, he's so economical, though. Like, yes. would have, when they were in that tent and that dead guy had that gun, would have anybody thought of taking that gun? I'm sure people would have, but Daryl was like, oh, a gun. <laughs> Sweet. Well, he, he's the most practical. I mean, he's very black and white about everything. End of the world has come. I'm good at killing things and hunting things. I'm going to do that. And he doesn't really get wrapped up in the this stupid drama that really absorbs all the other characters and really makes mm-hmm. you kind of not like the other characters. What's interesting about that, his sort of personality, that black and white personality, that really doesn't work in a world of rules with humans. But in the zombie world, that's exactly who you want on your side. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's cool how those rules are changing. But you're right. Every other character last night... Drama. You've got this whole line going with Lori and Shane. Lori and Shane had, I mean, could you call it an affair? They thought Rick was dead. We'll we'll call it a fling or they were, they probably tossed the L word around. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. Rick comes back and then there's this whole drama between the two of them. And they just, I just wonder how long they're going to play this out because I, I get the point of the story, but I don't watch a zombie show to see a love triangle. I watch it to see brains and people getting eaten. I think, I think, the only reason they're keeping that going is that it is a TV show, and they want to keep it going. Like a primetime soap opera going. Yeah, they want to make it more accessible to general audiences. There might be some girly girls out there that want to see some love triangle-ness. It All looks, right. though, like Shane's ready to peace out. Yeah. Maybe Shane and Andrea might separate from the group that was established last night. Yeah. Um, which might lead to an interesting subplot. They might, even, they might even hook up. Ooh, I would watch that. She's a looker. <laughs> what about Shane? Yeah. Right? No? Right. no just she, me? I mean... She's got nice hair. She's really We're not nice showering hair. for yeah, that's, a that's what, that's what I was thinking. She has nice hair. <laughs> I, f- I feel like if that happened, I would miss Andrea as a character. Even though she has been a little whiny lately. Well, she's getting tougher, though. Like, mm-hmm. the screwdriver. Can we talk about the screwdriver yeah, scene? that scene was awesome. That might have been my favorite last night. Okay, basically, so when this herd of zombies is a... Uh, 
stampeding, well, not really stampeding, shuffling. Do, do zombie stampede? <laughs> I would like to see that, actually, a stampede series. <laughs> While they're shuffling past the group, Andrea's in the Winnebago, and this one really creepy skeletal zombie that's, like, really skinny and gross. We've named him Skeletor. Yeah, he, he was really, really awesome makeup work on that. He finds her, and she hides in the bathroom, and she's trying to, like, push him back through the door, and Dale's up on the roof of the Winnebago, and he passes her down the screwdriver, and she, like, stabs him in the eye socket, like... Over and over and over. It was really gory and awesome. There's, like, blood squirting on her face yeah. and her shirt. Oh. Yeah. I was like, go, Andrea. <laughs> yeah, I think she, she could toughen up. She yeah. could be an all right, I mean, like, a Daryl-ish of the women. I mean, if she wants to survive, she's going to have to. Yeah. Carol's not going to fill that role. And Sophia probably is dead. <laughs> well, that's yeah. what you've got to wonder. I mean, in real life, I don't feel like a lot of these characters would survive. Because, I mean, I feel like it's a lot of the people who really aren't good at surviving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Carol's made it this far somehow. I mean, Rick and Shane, obviously, they're police officers. They know how to use guns. Daryl will survive till the end of time because he's just, he's a badass. I mean, yeah. he's the man. But the rest of them, you're just kind of wondering how much longer they can make it. Because not only are they not great at surviving, they're kind of, I guess, weak of constitution, you would say. They're weighing yeah. everybody else down. Yeah. They're crying, they're praying, they're not moving on. Right. And it's been, I mean, I guess they haven't really established exactly how long it's been, but you get the impression that it's been a few months. Yeah. Since the zombies took over. And at some point you need to adjust and kind of leave the real world behind. Like in the very beginning when Lori, when they come upon all those cars mm-hmm. and a couple of them say, hey, look, there's this whole ton of cars here. There's yeah. tons of stuff. We can get gas. We can get clothing. We can get supplies. And Lori's hesitant to do it. Lori's like, well, this is a graveyard. We shouldn't really be desecrating <laughs> it. It's really like, sure how I feel about that. <laughs> it's like, they're dead. Just Get over it. They don't, they don't care. If they were good people, they would want you to take their mm-hmm. stuff that they can't use anymore. Exactly. This you know? is survival in a post-apocalyptic world. You need to use everything at your disposal. And if you see 100 cars with all sorts of resources in them, that's a jackpot. It. That's a gold mine. That's awesome. You it's going to be so ready for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <I> <laughs> you am. know exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> if I come across all those cars, I'm taking everything that I can find. She's still in denial. At Which, the sh- at the beginning of season two, is that really necessary? Like, they should have moved on by now. Yeah. I think so. I, I see her like, well, she's still, she still gets caught up in kind of the petty shit. Like, she's bickering with Shane, whispering with him that he gave her son a, a nasty look or wasn't friendly enough to his son. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my head, I'm going, who gives a shit? There are zombies. Work on surviving and not getting eaten by the zombies. But I think that's, like, a really big theme in this show. Why not keep those kind of things with us? General politeness towards other human beings. I mean, it might seem petty, but at the same time, I think a lot of the characters are grappling with that. We don't want to become monsters, figuratively and literally. <laughs> Holding like, on to whatever scraps of humanity right. that they have left and in if, this world. Because they're just, like, this is a zombie world, they're just living in it now. And if that means, like, Lori looking out for her kid because Shane's being kind of mean to him, I mean, okay, she's a mom. It didn't really bother me. So, I think we all kind of agreed that Daryl was the coolest character yes. yeah. in this episode. So, do we think that's going to pay off? Like, trying to keep that? It, can you? Can you keep the semblance of the old world when all the rules and all the establishment and everything is gone? I think that's a really good question. They can try, but I think it's going to start to pull apart at the seams. If mm. the writers do a good job of showing the evolution of of what humans are like in yeah. having to survive all the time. Well, and that's kind of what categorizes or characterizes Rick because he's kind of he's kind of the mixture of both. On the one hand, he's trying to be really pragmatic and practical and survive, but on the mm. other hand, 
he's always the one saying, I need to do the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing, yep. even though sometimes it's a stupid decision. Yeah. Like running after this girl when the sun's going down. Running after her in the first place, whereas most people would be like, you know what? Okay. She's gone. Yeah. <laughs> she's 12 years old. There's two big zombies yeah. after she's done. Let's talk about the woman with guns thing. I mean, we just said, like, it's the second season. Why haven't these characters figured out how to, like, shoot things yet? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Do you think Dale was wrong in keeping that gun from Andrea? Or should he, like, be like, here, you need to protect yourself? I'm not going out there without my gun. I'll even say please. I'm doing this for you. No, Dale, you're doing it for you. You need to stop. What do you think's going to happen? I'm going to stick it in my mouth and pull the trigger the moment you hand it to me? I know you're angry at me. That much is clear. But if I hadn't done what I did, you'd be dead now. Jenner gave us an option. I chose to stay. You chose suicide. So what's that to you? You barely know me. I know Amy's death devastated Keep her out of this. This is not about Amy. This is about us. And if I decided that I had nothing left to live for, who the hell are you to tell me otherwise? I think he should have given it. I think at that point, you know what? If she wants to blow her brains out, it's a waste of a bullet. But yeah, <laughs> it's her Sorry, I'm, I'm coming from the pragmatic view again. I'm on Daryl's side. No, I agree. I... That annoyed me so much. I, I was mad at Andrea when she was fumbling around with her gun, like trying to figure out how to put it together in the Winnebago when everybody yeah. else was like hiding under the car. It's just like, what do I do with this? Yeah. She, <laughs> they had so much downtime, especially when they were up in the tents at the very beginning of season one. Yeah. Just to figure out what they were going to do. I was I was pretty disappointed that she hadn't made that step in the first place as a character. Um, maybe that's a, a southern female stereotype, though, that the writers weren't putting in there, but she should have taken more control. I agree. And... I, I don't know. I feel like the first thing I would want to learn how to do in the zombie apocalypse is learn how to shoot a gun because that's the most effective way to kill them. Mm-hmm. Long range if you're in trouble. I, I think that Dale was kind of being a jerk for not letting her have her gun. Mm-hmm. It was hurt. Oh, and also I had like a personal attachment to her because her dad gave it to her. Right? Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. Oh. So, I don't know. I could see why he was concerned, but I don't know. If she wants to blow her brains out, let her. I mean, it's her choice. I feel like by showing her at least trying to put the gun together at yeah. the beginning, I think they're kind of hinting at, well, she's, she wants to learn. Yeah. She wants to be... Um, it was definitely a good sign. Yeah, and it was. So, I mean, I think I think if anyone, she could kind of evolve to be a tougher one. I don't see Lori doing it because I think she's too worried about other things. What do Carol, you think about Lori and Andrea? Like, they sort of had a bicker at the end of the last episode. And I haven't seen them really you know, being friends, developing that friendship. They're pretty much the same age. They're the both yeah. they're the two hot girls kinda on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you see their relationship going? I'm assuming that they're gonna have to learn how to be friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably gonna be sticking together unless Andrea and Shane leave. Then Andrea we can have doesn't a... seem like a maternal figure. She doesn't give a shit about those kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, she, she doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> Which I'm kind of on board with that. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's too hard to be carrying kids along the whole time. And If you're going to like have kids with you, at least teach them how to survive basic stuff. I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're trying to teach his son, Rick's son at least. They're, it looks like they're trying to like take him along and yeah. help him grow up. And I think that's smart. But he kind of rapidly grew up between season one and season two, which in the timeline of the show is only like 
20 minutes apart. But all of a sudden, he's more mature, and he's, like, taking charge. He's like, I want to do this, and I want to take weapons. <laughs> Does his voice sound lower to you? <laughs> yeah, he did. He got a deeper voice, <laughs> too. puberty in the middle of the <laughs> Gotta be rough. Yeah, so, I mean, for the most part, I think the, the pace of the whole episode last night was really slow. Mm-hmm. It just it dragged on. There were too many kind of pointless conversations, and you were just annoyed with all the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for Daryl, because Daryl's killing zombies and doing Yeah, and cool that's shit. what we want to see anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about as far as the zombies go. Yeah. And that was when they when they cut open the zombie in the <laughs> oh, woods. Oh, that was so gross. Are you kidding? It was, so gross. <laughs> it was, it was gross. juicy. Ugh. I loved it. I thought it was gross. <laughs> and I watched the making of afterwards, which was also pretty cool. So when, when they're cutting him open, they take out his stomach, and they open it up, and they see that there's, what is it, like a, a woodchuck? raccoon? A woodchuck. That's yeah. right. There's a woodchuck in mm-hmm. there. So what's that? what that's basically saying, I think, is that zombies are eating things and that their digestive system still works. So, that's true. It was just the jaw of the woodchuck, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. So they're still, so zombies are eating things. And, I mean, I, I was always under the impression that the, the only thing that was dead. still alive was, yeah, like the brain. Mm-hmm. And if you read, I mean... A lot of zombie books have zombies that can live underwater because they don't need to breathe, so they don't need right. oxygen. Their other organs are basically useless. As long as there's that little part of their brain that's still working, they're still alive. Now, this is showing apparently the food is going down into his stomach. Mm-hmm. And if, they, if these zombies are eating all the time, either they're going to be getting super fat because all the food's just <laughs> sitting there, or they, they need to be pooping somewhere. So, I mean, like. This is going to get real gross real fast, Chris. All right, well, we're already talking about zombie guts. So, my question is do zombies poop? Sam, take this one. <laughs> I, I mean, do zombies have the mental capacity to be like, oh, I got poop. I go, got, I gotta find a bathroom. Like, I really, I don't really see zombies to, like, doing that. Like, cause some zombie squatting in the woods. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> some privacy here. Yeah, well, do they wipe if they do poop? I, or are they just walking out? Zombies shit in their do pants? not wipe their butts. Come All on, right. <laughs> there's no way. But it's some. I mean, if they're these zombies are just constantly eating people and eating people and eating people. Something's got to happen to all that people they're eating. I, I don't know anything about anatomy, but I know to digest, you need un- enzymes. You need blood flowing. You need all this stuff going on, right. on in your bodies. So what else are they capable of doing? Are they capable of being cured? Which, I mean, with this, because it's a TV series and not a movie, there is so much potential there to evolve the zombies. And I'm so disappointed that they're not playing with that in the very first episode of this season. Have they even thought about it? Or is it just going to be about the characters? I feel it's kind of scatterbrained about whether or not they're evolved. Yeah. Because you've got some past characters who, past zombies, who have showed a little bit of cognition. Mm -hmm. And now you've got these zombies traveling in a huge herd, which really is a huge step. Because they're obviously, for some reason, they're not just going in different directions. They're all working together towards a common goal, which is brains. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So are they are they getting smarter? I hope so, because that's gonna have a that's gonna pose a lot of cool challenges for this group. Also, Skeletor in the Winnebago, when Andrea was like hiding in the bathroom, she was making a little noise, and he he heard her. Yeah. Oh yeah, he went back. Mm-hmm. So there was some cognition there. It seemed there's a lot of little parts of the brains that seem to be working, and I think they they really need to develop whether whether they're gonna be smart zombies, stupid zombies, fast zombies, slow zombies. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's sort of clocking in the middle yeah yeah it's a mix they are getting skinnier though they're looking gaunt they're getting hungry well they've been they've been walking a long time they're working out i know <laughs> <laughs> it's like a zombie marathon just walking down the highway Definitely. all right let's talk about our favorite zombies from this week so there are a couple uh couple really memorable zombies this week first off we already talked about the zombie in the winnebago mm-hmm. we'll call him winnebago zombie winnebago just winnebago maybe winnie for short winnie yeah. so we got winnie tall skinny guy kind of goofy looking um, 
There's the zombie in the woods who I have nicknamed the Chris Robinson zombie. <laughs> He's kind of like a hipster. Long, uh, stringy hair. Yeah, he uh, probably voted for Ron Paul. Possibly I mean, wearing plaid. I didn't really see. <laughs> yeah, I think it was plaid. He's some sort of trendy jacket. Yeah. This is the one that ate the woodchuck, right? Yes. I mean, that says zombie. on everything you need to know. <laughs> not vegan anymore. <laughs> and uh, what did, he kind of mutters something. Or no, he just goes, he, he roared at them. Let's hear it, Sam. <laughs> He's like, roar. And then Daryl shot him through the eye with this crossbow. It was awesome. And then you've got the, uh, what I call the God-fearing zombies, who are kind of all sitting in the church, just... Just, just hanging out. Just chilling out. Yeah, they got Not their Sunday mingling. best on. I, those, I like those the best because they were pretty fascinating to me. They were silent. They all got up at once when the crowd came in, and they all turned and looked. It, that was creepy. Like, that got me. And, I mean, there's something about the fact that they all got up at once. The herd mentality again. So, I also liked their costumes. The little old lady was pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Who do you think? Who did you think was the best? I vote the God-fearing zombies in the church. Sam? I really liked Winnebago's zombie. He was scary. He scared me a little bit. I see. I really I liked Chris Robinson. <laughs> oh no! Maybe, I named him I, Chris Robinson. <laughs> I, I know. I was really impressed. I had just seen the Chris Robinson Brotherhood the night before, so I was really excited about that. If you don't know who Chris Robinson is, uh, Google him. He is a I, he's like a heroin Jesus looking type of guy. <laughs> all right, they can all get zombie Oscars. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I think they are all equally worthy. So, so the judges are split on the zombie Oscars. Maybe someday we'll agree. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week on Wait, Wait, Don't Eat Me. You can find us on the web at filmgeekradio.com, and you can also donate to the show through the website. Um, those donations really help us out. You've got no idea. Helps us keep the website going, helps us keep producing all sorts of stuff like this, and we really rely on them in order for the show to survive here. My name is Chris Baker. You can find me online at musiccuse.wordpress.com or you can follow me on Twitter. My handle is C-H-R-S-B-A-K-R. Katrina, where can people find you online? Well, you can follow me on Twitter too. My Twitter account is at Trinlock, T-R-I-N underscore L-O-C-H. And Sam, where can we find you? My Twitter handle is Snappolitan. That's spelled S-N-A-P-O-L-I-T-A-N. So until next week, everyone, make sure you're stocked up on canned goods and have plenty of ammunition because you never know when the dead might rise. You've been listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Eat Me with Chris Baker, Sam Napolitan, and Katrina Telek. And as always, remember, if you've been bitten, it's already over. Thanks for listening. See you next week. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!